okay, we are public, and I'm just inviting people to the room so we can talk about this wonderful movie. This movie was amazing. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. It was really good. Oh, my goodness. Are you enjoying that much, did you? Well, yeah, I mean, I think the enthusiasm is showing in my voice. Like, I really enjoyed this movie. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. Phase 4 of the MCU is just uh, it's killing right now. It's it was so good. so good, man. I mean, this oh, movie. What thing I like is a movie that makes a a lot of sense, you yeah. know. And, and this movie's just made uh, so much sense. sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's didn't, like didn't, didn't break its own canon at all ever at any point. This guy, I don't know where they found him from or whose whose kid he is who who wrote this thing, but uh, he needs to do a seminar about breaking into. Because I, I feel like, you know, someone like, you know, a Charlie Kaufman or something giving you like a seminar on how to break into stuff is doesn't really yeah. help you because it's like, man, I got to be a genius. But this guy is like, he's really got a secret. And I looked him up. I'm like, okay, did this guy go to Harvard or Yale? And it's like, no. And then I looked up like his family. His family doesn't seem especially Hollywood connected. So I'm like, how did this guy do it, man? This guy, because uh, God... Which I heard bad things about uh, logic-wise. Like, this guy can't go five minutes without, without a plot hole. It's it's almost a talent. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, man. The, first of all, um, I like how it, it, in the first movie that addresses the multiverse, you know, since uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Remember how in Spider-Man No Way Home, there was three different Spider-Mans played by three different actors, right? There was, a you know, the, the Toby... Uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, and you know uh, the the new Spider-Man. What the hell was his name again? Oh my goodness! Uh, Thomas Tom Holland. Tom Holland, that's right. Yeah. So, what is like, it, Thomas? They got like mad formal with it too. Like he never called himself <laughs> Thomas. I don't know. I don't know why I did that. I know you should have put on an English accent when you said it. But uh, yeah, so, yeah, so, Tom. so, so Thomas Holland. Yeah, it was like, weird. <laughs> right. So you you got that like in the multiverse. Sometimes people have the same name, might be the same character, but might look completely different. However, in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, there's only one Doctor Strange who looks like Benedict Cumberbatch. Like, uh, that's it. Uh, he never speaks with, like, you know, his, like, upper-class English accent. Uh, he's always got, like, the, the fake New York accent. Um, and the only difference is that one of them has a ponytail. That's it. Right? Yeah, very weird. But, you know, what's weird is that I, um... I heard he wrote uh, Loki too, which I didn't see, but I heard that one says that um, multiverses happen when time travel creates divergent timelines or something, but that doesn't seem to be the case here. And it's even worse than the Spider-Man example, because this is about the same guy. So it's like, he can't even make sense with himself. He's he's schizophrenic or something. He's, he's, he's a strange dude. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess like does like in the in the universe it does kind of make sense because at the end of loki um like the uh the singularity was broken and, and the multiverses split apart so i guess i can see how that works but then like they not only broke uh the um they not only broke the whole like you know different multiverses have different looking people being the same person but they also broke the fact, like, you shouldn't even know who Spider-Man is. Mm, yeah. Because at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home, 
everybody forgets who Spider like everyone forgets that Spider Man is Peter Parker except for Peter Parker. And even Doctor Strange, he was like, okay, well, you know, good like he was he was bidding him farewell. And he recalls Spider Man in multi-person madness so i don't know how that could be. well i didn't watch the spider-man movie so i can't um say it. like for people who don't know i'm literally watching these for for this show like i've watched no uh phase four i had given up uh on endgame and uh you know q you're watching you're watching all of them i hope you know that Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've I've committed to, I've committed to it, and uh, okay. but the one thing is I gotta take a break between them. Like like we have to have episodes about other stuff. Like I can't watch this back to back. It's like melting my brain. It's so it's so not no, nonsensical. No, 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 no. That's it. Listen, like I mean, I'm gonna pressure you to keep doing that because I know that what you have in store for me is gonna be awful. So I'd like to put that off as long as possible. Like for me, oh, oh, like, wait, I, wait. I actually watched, wait, you know, watched you, you know what's gonna be awful? What's that? No, you're saying oh, no, you see, know no, something's see, gonna like, be whatever. You, yeah, whatever you have in store for me next is gonna be awful. Like, I actually don't mind watching MCU movies because I I, I watch them and then I sit there and seethe about them for like two weeks. Right? Like, <laughs> I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw me going off on She Hulk the other day, but like, yeah. Well, here here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'll say something. I'll say something really snotty, and then people yeah. will react to it. Like way overreact to it, and then force me to like fall back on my comic book knowledge, and then now it's just like I'm arguing with a bunch of people that I know have never cracked open the comic book. So it's just like, what? and then they start talking about like the broader social themes, and then I'm like, well, that doesn't work either because that's why and Z reason. I I I like to say that I I hate this stuff, but if I'm being honest with myself, I really kind of love it. So yeah. Oh, it's okay. Uh- Yeah, it, it's it's a little bit of media sadomasochism. I want to incorporate and mix in is uh, the last thing I watch is A League of Their Own, which is really kind of an interesting uh, <laughs> show. Like, oh, it's out. Took, it's out already. I didn't, I didn't know. Oh yes, yeah, out. And they did the they did the whole thing at once, which is something that they don't really do that much anymore. And it is okay. basically just uh, is this a, a gay show? Like, is this a super gay show? Uh, when I just gay super lesbian right which is um fine my only i only have like one problem with it right um a league of their own is not about lesbians like, like the original movie has like no. um, you know impli- it's, about, it's, about it's about it's about baseball not softball yeah i mean this thing the baseball is just a trojan horse it's just wall-to-wall lesbians but there's so many lesbians in 1943 and i swear i'm not exaggerating this show is so lesbian heavy that after a while, you start assuming every character is gay unless explicitly stated otherwise. Um, <laughs> and I'm not even I'm not even exaggerating. What then was interesting when I was searching when I was searching Twitter for uh, commentary on the show, somebody said the same thing. And I was like, oh, so I'm not the only person that has a critique. And then I realized, oh, wait a minute, this person's seeing it as a good thing. Like, like you know, it was, yeah. it was a, a representation matters person said, this show is so gay. Every person. Unless stated otherwise, you can safely assume it's gay. So people are actually liking it. But the weird thing is, um, if I just treated it like they, they, they try to tackle race in it too and get intersectional. So there's like a, oh, a black, oh, there's a black boy. lesbian storyline and there's a white lesbian yeah. storyline and the, and the white ally storyline, and it's very anachronistic and presentist. Like there's there's studs and you know basically transgender people, which existed this stuff 
has existed for a long time, longer than a lot that, that would surprise a lot of people. But the idea that they're all happening in this small town in 1943 with this yeah. amount of density. You, you, like, like, like this is a lot for Brooklyn two thousand. Debating with the gay friend about this, right? Was uh, I was like, okay, this show is okay if you just. Everyone get back to Doctor Strange too. I just want to just talk about the show real quick. This show would be okay if. The, the creators of the show and his fans weren't pretending that it was revealing true history and was capital I important. You know, they just said, hey, we're going spe- uh, to have a speculative historical fiction show where we're going to imagine 1943 being like 1943, but we're going to ramp up the gayness. And it's not going to be realistic. It's going to be kind of presentist. A lot of the slang and a lot of the dynamics are going to be modern intersectional. But just turn off your brain and go with it. Yeah. Then, then it's not a bad kind of soapy. Um, Listen, you know what? Like to me, yeah. I, I get all that. To me, all will be forgiven if at some point in the show uh, they call the opposing team's manager a faggot. In which case, I just let you know. Listen, like I, I will let everything slide as long as that happens. There's actually no slurs in this. That's what makes it kind of weird. No, this mean this I mean is so presentist. Like it's super weird. Like everybody gets over gayness super quick. Like you know, um, like people people will be like, I can't stand these queers. And then like a day later, uh, this is a, I don't want to spoil it, but I'll spoil this one scene. This is a girl like the whole time she's like kind of weird about queers, but she doesn't know anybody in the team is queer. Then she basically finds out that she's basically like one of like two straight people in the team because the whole team is and the whole town is gay, right? Uh, like it gets to the point you meet people and you're like, okay. oh my god, holy shit. Okay, sorry, I. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. no, I'm, uh, I'm, the thing is, like, I'm, I'm driving, uh, a, a huge truck right now. What? Um, with, yeah, I'm driving a truck right now with my workshop materials, and I just saw a vehicle, like, wipe out on the highway. Just, like, uh, it, it, it almost somersaulted. Anyway, sorry about that. Oh, my God, please, please be careful. I don't want to. <laughs> oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. It happened, like, four lanes over. I just saw it happen, but I'm good. About it, and then like someone tells her, "Hey, hey, you know, we need you to have your head in the game, and being gay is not contagious, and you better you need to get over it because we're your friends." And then later on, uh, their her next scene is like she kisses one of them on the lips, and she goes, "Wow, I don't feel anything. Being gay is not contagious." And she's over it. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, okay, okay. In 1943, it's gotta take way more to get over 1943 level no, homophobia, no. and no. the racism is like weirdly muted too. Like, so it's like trying to be accurate and shed light on things, but it's too afraid to let America really be as racist and homophobic as it was. So it's almost more like, do you ever hear about or see this Netflix show called Hollywood that was like horrible, just kind of made 1940s woke? It, it was like revisionist speculative history where oh oh, that's a really weird weird series you see that one but it's basically like that but they keep in the press talking about how important it is and they keep uh the creator of the show says all these bigots are bashing the show he's a reading list of um real life uh black lesbians and queer people and real life Uh... lesbians to let you know that this is deeply researched i'm like okay 
you can't have it both ways. You can't like they just let this be a goofy escapist. Like it's my problem with Bridgerton. Like Bridgerton, why does everything have to be a public service announcement? Jeez, yeah, everything's be a public just, service announcement, and everything's be like a fake documentary. You're like no, it's, yeah. it's, it's the like, fakest really history ever. This, I'm sick of this after school special fiction. Just like give me some grimy racist shit for once. You know, you know what I actually uh, went back and for the first time in a very long time was Deadwood. And I'm just like, oh my, like, they don't write shows like that anymore. This was one of the best written shows, like, ever on television. And it was just gross. It was racist as fuck. It was bloody. It was gory. There was all kind of problematic shit happening. And you know what? It was great. I remember lines out of that show. I can spit lines off of Deadwood. Like, somebody, like a, like a, like a snake-handling creature can rattle off verses from the Revelation. Why? Because it's a, it's a good show, and I didn't feel like I had to learn anything. Yeah, well, you know, the, the interesting thing my friend uh, told me that I was talking to this about was he was saying um, that, hey, uh, I'm fine with this uh, speculative historical fiction thing, but he just, he, he was black, he was black and gay, but he was like, just don't act like this thing is, is history, because he was getting really annoyed with the talking points of the show where, you know, they're acting like, um, you're just mad at them because they're talking about history, and this is a 2022 show. It does not feel like 1943 yeah. at all. Like they do the worst job of, you know, um, historical authenticity. Yeah, and, and and they don't. They clearly want to tell a story about themselves, but they're almost afraid it's gonna get lost in the lot of content. Like, like we need yeah. some big IP to Trojan horse this thing, and I think this would be an easier story about a white lesbian and a black lesbian. Um, in 2022, without any league of their own connotation, there's CGI baseballs and they're really weird. <laughs> like it looks like a video game. <laughs> it looks really yeah. bizarre. Yeah, but, CGI, but uh, what? CGI baseballs. What the hell? Yeah, so I guess rather than do what the original show did, which is you know do a bunch of takes until you catch somebody hitting the ball, that's yeah. I guess too much work. So they just have them clearly swinging at nothing, Come and then they CGI, on. then they CGI in a baseball. So they just effortlessly hitting these weightless home runs, you know, uh, and, and, these, and these bright glowing baseballs are... Jesus Christ. But surprisingly, it was fun, dumb fun, if they just didn't try to make it uh, deep. But anyway, that's an episode that I want to do in between, like, a Marvel thing, just to get a get a break. But yeah, Doctor sure. Strange 2, uh, l- let's go to a call and let a caller um, jump in, because, sure, sure. you know, yeah. Oh, Colonel Kovic Gaddafi, how's it going? First off, did you watch the movie? Yeah, I watched it bootleg. <laughs> okay, 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 cool, cool, cool. Good. And I want to just say this, just to get out of, just to get off my chest. Hugh, you are right about like all the like shows doing all these like different like public service announcements. It goes to a theory that I've long since held, pretty much since the Lean and Dunham first hit the scene, or at least the public scene anyway. Which is basically this. Hollywood keeps hiring the most like Aaron Sorkin brain writers ever because they're trying to paper over the fact that if they got anybody good, eventually enough writers would have no choice but to keep the public's attention by writing things where instead of punching down or punching left, they would have no choice but to punch up. So... The, you kind of I, don't, I actually don't... No, I, I see what you're saying. I think it's actually a lot more simple than that. And that's that, like, nobody actually has... Okay, what we're dealing with is, like, sort of like a like a long tail. Like, this is, like, sort of a lagging indicator. And that... 
So a lazy Ouroboros? <laughs> you had like a whole of like really untalented hacks clamoring to get into the in- industry. And about a year prior to that, Ta-Nehisi Coates had probably said one of the most damaging things he'd ever said, which was that like there should be room for black mediocrity in professional circles. And see, I, that's what. Thank know, you, thank you, fucking thank you, thank you, thank you. Someone else said it besides me. Oh thank my you. god, no, no. He, when he said it, I was like, "Oh shit, it's about to go downhill from no, here." No, isn't no, it? no, and no. it did. Yeah. No, Q. When he said that, I, I just want to leave leave off to get to my uh, point about uh, Doctor Strange. When he said that, I swear to God, I had to take everything in my power on Twitter to not sit, to like uh, tweet the gif at him of like that dude throwing the shoes at Bush. That's all I want to do. It's <laughs> just to be like, you son of a, you've ruined this all. You've doomed this all, you asshole. No, because then a bunch of people, like, no, seriously, a bunch of people literally like followed after that, saying, "Yeah, there should be like me." mediocrity and it's like it's just like oh, mediocrity. no no this is where i had to like, yeah. no 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 because you know what black mediocrity ends up looking like homeboys in outer space i hate how that sounds coming out about but that's literally all you get after a while it's just yeah. shit like that and it's terrible but just want to get to the point about um about dr strange too i hate this movie because it bastardizes one of the best uh, storytelling elements that comic books ever cre- came up with this multiverse, which is, well, clearly we can't have everything for this idea exist in this timeline, but if we say it's this one, which is a very good way of doing it, now Marvel's just using it as a way to just, like, just tamp in the most bullshit they can find without any real consequences and the thing is you also see it with she-hulk because i look at the whole thing with she-hulk and i'm just like there's potential here it's just gonna get fucked up by two main things one people one you know internet discourse obviously and two and and let's just all get it out of our system internet horniness is gonna ruin this eventually we all know it does it just does i don't need to go into how but we all know it's gonna fuck the show up somehow rule 34 exists for a reason but that's not the point the point here is that marvel comic books she you didn't need rule 34 for she hulk she hulk comic books leaned all the way into that shit yeah, like, it's like if you, yeah, if yeah, it's like watching a Pam books. Greer movie. You don't need to make it pornographic. Just look at Pam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Like in the, no, in the original She-Hulk, like She-Hulk was actually the first Marvel character that I know of. Anyway, like when I was a kid reading these comic books, I saw that happen. I didn't see it happen for the comic books, but she she used to break the fourth wall way before Deadpool did, and uh, like the, the 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 artists used to draw sight gags into her panels, um, like way before any other sort of like uh, silly goofy comic books that I saw otherwise. So like before like, you know, Squirrel Girl and Deadpool, She-Hulk was kind of the, the goofy self-aware comic book. And I was really Yeah, hoping, but she was actually funny yeah. about it because there was actually a yeah. level of like humor to it. Also, I was, hate how so everyone was self, tried to She was self-aware at how horny comic book readers are. That was the that was the cool thing about it. Yeah, but here's the thing I, I just want to leave off with this. It's funny how everyone tries to play her off like she was like this big Marvel's first big sex symbol. Me being the petty nerd I am. So we're all just going to pretend Storm didn't exist, huh? Mm-hmm. We're all just going to pretend like fucking Loki didn't try to like bang her the mm-hmm. one time the X-Men came to fucking Asgard. We're all going to pretend like 
at least three different members of the X-Men haven't tried to murder each other over Storm over her. Yeah. Listen, Including bro, Wolverine. Had, Wolverine had, being her main stunt dick. A 200-year-old <laughs> man is her main, like, go-to guy. <laughs> bro, she had Forge turned the fuck out. Like, the, the, yeah, the, the, and the funny thing was, it's almost like the more, like, weird that Chris Claremont tried, like, the more weirdness Chris Claremont tried to do with Storm, the sexier she got. It just, like, he could not make her not sexy. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about, because I remember my dad had the funniest joke, both my parents being huge comic book nerds. My dad said, good God, man, at any second, what is, I'm expecting to, him to, like, draw her like Jada Fire. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Like, put this, sh- like, tone it down. <laughs> like, but, yeah, it's like... I don't know if you, I don't know if you used to, I don't know if you remember, they used to do these annual, like, X-Men comic books where it was, like, X-Men Swimsuit Edition. And I, I, I'm not even going to lie to you. I I had, like, so many, um, I had, like, year after year, that comic book. And no joke, like, Storm was a, the only one who's, like, whose aesthetic changed every single year. And she was just bad as hell. So, yeah, you're right. You're yeah, right. because, like... It, Come on. Regardless of gender, if you're into women, how do you just not look at that character and not have something click in your head? I'm just saying. But, you know, it goes without saying. Blah, blah, blah. Insert thirsty comment here. Anyway, guys, I'll leave you to your show. All right. Thank you. Um, Dr. Strange 2. My man is never beating the horny allegations. Doc- He's got, he, he, yeah, he had to sign off because he had about like four or five Shiba puppies like waiting with baseball bats for him. This movie was interesting because it was a continuation of the last movie we talked about, which was WandaVision. And what was kind of interesting was uh, we, we kind of prematurely in WandaVision. Like, like you were going to make a final point and then my, my phone died. It was a messed up night. But um, I think it's important to kind of go back to where we started with WandaVision because this is such a continuation of it. And it continues the exact same problems, which is they don't kind of realize that Wanda is fucked up and not the hero. Like, she's just, she is like the villain, you know, but they kind of think yeah. that she's good. And they and they just pick up with that here, where they're just basically like, um. Well, they know, did that, but then they also made every character stupid. Like, every single character oh, yeah. just does such stupid shit. Like, Stephen Strange, uh, Wanda, Wong, America Chavez, like, everybody does something horrendously stupid in this movie. And that's actually kind of like like what drives the plot forward is everyone's stupidity. And 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 like something is also that stupidity. They do this thing now where they try to be like you know fake woke. So it's like Wong is the sorcerer supreme, but he's a freaking idiot. So so who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's almost like it's almost like it makes it worse because now you kind of making it seem like when minorities get something. It's just a kind of affirmative action thing because Wong <laughs> seems like a total affirmative action hire. His Sorcerer Supreme skills are so, like, whack. He has to get rescued all the time by the yeah. other guy. That It's clear that the white guy deserves the job in this. And I just think, what's the point of making him the Sorcerer Supreme if you're going to have him be clearly incompetent to the other guy? And they do things like, for example, this is a problem I have with Doctor Strange in general. Uh, the, the MCU Doctor Strange, and I don't know why people don't talk about how miswritten or miscast he is, but um, 
Benedict Cumberbatch plays him like Dr. House, like a snarky dick, right? And it's like, the whole point of Dr. Strange is that he was an arrogant kind become Doctor Strange, but now he's still in the MCU, he's still an arrogant Doctor House like jerk. He's exp- not- like he's experienced no arc. Like it's, it's funny, you know who actually kinda uh went through the same thing where like he went through fake arcs is Thor. Like it's just, it's the same thing, like every single movie Thor is supposed to learn like humility and like how to like cope with change and so on. It's the same thing with Doctor Strange is that he's supposed to learn how to like, you know, uh He's supposed to learn like how to not be arrogant, how to let people take the lead, how to not how to not be um, like you know alpha dude. But in every single film, he does the same thing. Yeah, he's just a little less arrogant than before. He's now an arrogant guy for the good guys, but he's just a snarky, disrespectful. So it's like when he shows up and Wong tells him, um, you know, it's customary to bow before the social supreme. He's like, I know. And he doesn't bow. It's like okay, that's a dick move. Like, like Doctor Strange in the comics yeah. would not do that. If one became Torture Supreme, Doctor Strange in the comics would would kneel and respect that. So it's like, okay, why does he not kneel to the new Sorcerer Supreme? And that almost makes him look more racist. It's like, okay, so the white guy is too good. I'm not gonna kneel to an Asian guy in charge. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like they undo their own wokeness with the fact that the Asian guy is clearly less competent than the white guy in the role. Needs to be constantly saved by the white guy is dumb as hell, and the white guy blatantly does not even respect him in the role, you know, like, like he can't even pretend to um, show any, any deference to him, it's like, oh no, no, you're not like when I was in the role, you're you're clearly an affirmative action uh, higher, and also it's weird that Wong helps the Scarlet Witch this much, as in, there's one scene where She's gonna threaten his students. Oh no no no! We're 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 uh, we're we're way ahead. We gotta we gotta work our way up to that. Oh oh oh! oh but, but but this is this is gonna be short, and then they, they, we can get we can get back to the current. Uh, and he helps her all the way until the book. Like I'm like, okay, why are you still helping her at this point? Like, there's no students to to yeah. um. Yeah, and, and that was annoying. That's all I was going to say about that future part. Yeah, no, uh, like, some of the, um, some of the, the, like, I don't know, strange, like, coincidences and, like, things that moved the plot forward were just, like, like they made me roll my eyes. And I feel like Sam Raimi deserved so much better. Like, I hope he made enough money off of this movie that he can just go do whatever he wants now. Because, like, at the, uh, the beginning where, you know, Doctor Strange says that, uh, uh, you know, he saw some runes on the Shumagarath like creature, which I forget what they called it, like Gargantua or some shit. I don't know. But they couldn't actually use the name Shumagarath because of licensing issues. So, yeah, he said that it was covered in runes, which means it's witchcraft, not sorcery. And I was like, but wh- did we establish that there's a difference between witchcraft and sorcery? And then, like, the other, um, uh, after they, uh, you know, sit down at the uh, for lunch and uh, America Chavez is, is going over her whole story. It's just like there's nothing. Like I, I feel like uh, Soshi Gomez did the best she could with the flat amount of, um, like with with the the kind of flat character that was written for her. But like <clears throat> everything about her character came out in exposition. It didn't come out in anything that she actually did. 
and the the expository um, dialogue and then the expository actions got so goofy that one of them uh, one of the explanations for how she became the way she was was that they step on this plate in an alternate universe and this plate like this this plate in the ground that she steps on tells her background like tells her whole story and I was like I don't I, I think that's probably the dumbest way to relate a character's backstory I think I've ever seen in my life. I don't know how I don't know what you thought about that. It was basically an exposition play. <laughs> like why would this even exist in the real world? Like what could you imagine you're like, I don't know, out on a date with your new girlfriend and yeah, imagine you're out on a date with your new girlfriend and you're like you're you're walking uh you're you're walking through this park and you happen to accidentally step on that plate and then it just shows you like doing some like some like just wild freaky like you know like, yeah. like illicit borderline illegal sex with your ex like are you mad yeah, yeah you, just a plate that just that if you step on it uh out in the open it randomly just um exposes information that you didn't want uh exposed like it's, it's and the most traumatic information too that like it went straight to her for her most traumatic memory like what would be the purpose of that who would even if it's a service that people paid for, who would pay for that? Oh, actually, some people might. Some Tumblr people might. If there's a play that said, hey, this will make your trauma public, actually, some, some Tumblr some Tumblr person might actually uh, pay money for that. But what normal person would want to just have a trauma exposition plate? Just, uh, um, I, I don't know. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a weird... There had to be that a better way like a, to incorporate... Yeah, that seems like a really like awkward way to get to know one another. Like, imagine like you're, yeah. on your way to, you're on your way to like a job interview, you know, and then your boss happens to like you know be waiting outside the cafe and then sees you and you step on the plate by accident and it shows you like I don't know embezzling funds from your previous job. Yeah, I just can't see the point. It's like you know, hey, I, I forgot something. Let me just step on. I don't understand. There's no controls to it. It's just out in the open for people to step on, and it's like, and what was even worse was that. The story it told was just so stupid. <laughs> it's, it's like, hey, I had two gay moms, and you know, really just wanted to show show them there. Like Marvel does this stuff where they try to kind of show that they're woke, but they always work gayness in in a way that can be easily excised for foreign markets. Like they try to make sure that it's never in a way it's interwoven into the fabric of the story, so that it can't easily be, you know. Yeah. So it's something about the way. Here's, it's in here's there. the other thing too. Like a lot of hmm? people say that uh, a lot of people say that um, you know they can't like show explicitly gay scenes because it's not going to play well in the Chinese market. But like, do we know that that's true? Because I mean, if you like, so I have like Chinese television, um, like I, at home, I have. Uh, access to Chinese TV and I watch Chinese TV shows and I like there there are like same-sex relationships on like their soap operas and their TV shows etc so I, I, I don't know where this idea comes from that like Chinese censors won't stand for it I don't know if it's true or not but I do think that they actually believe it because I I do believe they actually do do the cutting whether it's necessary to do or their overreaction because I I remember reading that they cut the same-sex kiss uh, from The Last Jedi out of the Chinese version. So I don't know if it's something that is an actual legitimate concern or something that they've convinced themselves um, is is real and it's and it's not. But they they do worry about it for for whatever for whatever reason. And I think it affects how they 
work this stuff into their stories. And it's always in a way that I think is, to me, it looks kind of insulting. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like that's like a presumptive, like that's like a, a presumptive kind of racism where you think like, oh, you know, like, you know, this market won't stand for that. So we're going to cut it out. But like, did they have a conversation with, uh, you know, like with, with the regulatory agencies to figure that out? Because I, I don't know that that's actually true. The, um, and like I was saying before, they continue this weird trend of, they continue this weird trend of pretending that Wanda was good in WandaVision. So, so they're like, um, you know, hey, I heard about what happened in, you know, that, what was it called? Westview, whatever that town was. Um, and, and yeah, but I, I know you had it under control and would do the right thing. It's like, wait a minute. So you knew there was a whole town under her control and you're, and let's be honest, he's a Sorcerer Supreme. I don't care what they call Wong. He's a Sorcerer Supreme. So, so you're the Sorcerer Supreme, and you're just like, oh, she'll do the right thing in the end. And you just, like, that made no sense to me. How, how do you just brush that off? Number one, that, you know, people are in... She didn't do the right thing. She just only stopped after you know, days and days of people telling her to, and then it finally got too egregious for her to keep to keep doing. And then number two, she didn't stay there and help anybody unpack anything. Like, these people remember everything. They lived through excruciating pain. Their kids were locked up in rooms, and who knows if they were able to crap or pee or anything. It's not explained. They were just locked up in rooms for the whole time that their parents were um, under mind control. And she didn't sit back, unpack with them, uh, help rebuild, you know, use her powers to rebuild the town or anything. She just set them free. The black woman says, um, they won't know what you sacrificed for them. And she's like, I know. And then she just flies away. And then the first thing she does, right? And, and what, what they're trying to do here is pretend that she was good in... Okay, um, but, but that, I mean, that to me was kind of the most realistic part of the aspect of the show. I mean, <clears throat> like a, a, a white woman going completely schizoid, making a, a huge uh, mess of an entire neighborhood um, wrecking a bunch of people's lives and then just fucking off. That to me was like, uh, no, 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 wrecked. that part was real. The, the other, the problem was that the show didn't know that it was bad. That that's the part that, you know, but, but I mean, it's, it's a white well, yeah, guy. Here, so maybe the, the idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, but you know, um, yeah. So, so the show is totally, I guess, unaware of how bad she is. So, so her behavior around the problem is that the show is total unawareness, but, um, well, what is really, really weird to me is they're going with this thing where, oh, she was not the bad guy in WandaVision. She was a good guy, even though even after she realized she was torturing people with her illusion, she kept doing it for several days. OK, whatever. But the Darkhold turned her bad. That's that's sufficient. That, you know, even though she was bad all along, as far as I could tell throughout WandaVision. No, she was good in WandaVision. But now the Darkhold now in this movie is her first time being evil, not in. WandaVision, even though it's clear to me in WandaVision that she's evil. The Dark Hole is an evil book. At the end of WandaVision, they show her consciously choosing to use what's clearly told to be an evil book. Like, like if, if, you, if you tell me, hey, this doesn't give you all the power you want. But it's uh, going to take over your mind and create an evil prophecy that will destroy the world. And then I use it, 
And it does exactly that. I'm like, hey, it wasn't my fault. It was the book. Like, no, dumbass. You you used the book. Like, nobody forced you to use the book. And the second thing is, what is she using the book for? To do the exact same thing. And this is at the end of WandaVision, the exact same thing that she supposedly just learned from. The whole arc of WandaVision supposedly, what supposedly makes her a good guy, that she realizes you can't zap away your problems. That you have to face your problems no matter how much it hurts. And there's a bunch of little lessons about that, like, like with the dog. And she, and she gives the kids a lesson about, I can't just wish your dog back to life. And then she later realizes that's a lesson I needed to learn. And then when she tells off Agatha Harkness in the big uh, denouement at the climax, she's like, uh, no, I got to face my fears and whatever. Then the movie ends with her using, the show ends with the choosing to use the evil book to find those kids where the whole final scene is her letting vision go and crying, letting the kids go. So what was the point of the whole arc? Like five minutes later, you blatantly undermine it. I, I, I have a hard time believing they couldn't get Paul Bettany back to do like, I don't know, maybe like one or two scenes because he, he, he doesn't even make any kind of appearance. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. The real vision is, is out there and she has no desire to find him or, or look for him. You know, she, she, she she doesn't look for any alternate universes where the vision exists, right? Her plot is to find these fake kids that she made up. And the real vision exists in her universe, and she has no desire to find him. And they don't even acknowledge that he exists, which is weird. I'm going to go to... ...to speak, but... Yeah, this thing just made absolutely no sense. No sense to me. Feel free to unmute, Gio. Oh, but can you hear me? Yeah, Hello? yeah, you sound clear. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I mean, so like, I didn't see uh, uh, the movie. I mean, I, I'm not too familiar with it. I mean, I've seen like clips of it, but I didn't see the. I didn't see. I didn't quite see the movie. But like, I but I heard that the movie was basically like a place who like a, a like i guess like a way to like get like guess con and the and, and like in the entire like phase four like like it's a way to get con like like relevant in, 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 in the, in the entire like i guess like phase four art like thing i mean i'm, I'm not totally sure that that's accurate or, or not like, I, I, I don't follow you said con yeah, yeah. I think the whole, whole this whole like whole like uh, movie is about like a way to a way to, 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 to get caught with like in the entire universe and stuff, right? It's another part of the movie. Like, why am I wrong? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, do you, Do you hear what he's saying? Uh, are, you, are, you to, are you referring to Kang the Conqueror? You mean Kang? Oh, Kang, Kang the Conqueror. Um. He, if that's what you were saying, uh, he doesn't actually appear in this thing. It's uh, he appears in something else. I heard that the same guy wrote uh, the Loki show, but no, he's not. Wait, hold on. Even in here, it's just to it's just introduced. I guess well, not even introduced the multiverse because didn't the Spider Man movie introduce it before this? Or because I'm confused. I watched... so, then, so then, part of the movie is, isn't about is about Kang. It's about what? It's about because I didn't quite hear like the first thirty minutes of this. I 
you can't hear me. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, you're cutting in and out just a little bit, but uh, yeah, the, uh, the like so the the multiverse was sort of introduced in Avengers Endgame, sort of kinda, and then it was expanded on in Loki, and then it becomes a thing in um, in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. So I I think like Loki had the the most I guess like direct contact with uh, the multiverse before Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness. So as to whether this was used or being used to set up um, a Kang the Conqueror storyline, I don't know about that. I mean, Kang, I think, is supposed to be the big villain at the end, but he's not directly referenced in this. I mean, to give a quick synopsis of the plot, uh, there's this a girl named America Chavez, and she's unique in that she's the only version of herself in the entire multiverse. But she has the power to jump between uh, different different universes, but she can't control the power. But um, she's the, she's the only one of herself in any any reality, and she's the only one who can jump uh, to these universes at will. So Wanda wants to capture and use her so that she can jump to um, a universe where her kids, her fake kids are still alive. And I guess the plan is to kill the version of herself that um, is the mother to those kids. And then, I mean, I don't know why she just can't remake the kids in this universe. Uh, why she has to, I don't know if that's explained, but the other thing that doesn't make sense is the movie opens with these monsters and stuff chasing um, America, Chavez and and an alternate Doctor Strange and it forces America Chavez into our universe which is I guess Wanda's plan you know to get her but if America is the only one who can go to alternate universes and access them the movie doesn't really explain how Wanda is able to send monsters <laughs> excuse me how Wanda is able to send monsters into the multiverse Send things into the place where she supposedly can't can't access. There's there's a lot of plot holes that make no sense, and that's just basically. And then we find out that supposedly Wanda has turned evil after WandaVision, even though she was clearly evil throughout WandaVision, because of this book she's using by choice called the Dark Hole that's supposedly corrupting her into behaving the exact same way she was before she had the book, uh, except with some extra murder thrown in. Is it, so yeah did I miss anything as far as the basic premise Q oh and oh and also um Doctor Strange and no, no, Wong you, you pretty much you pretty much got it sorry okay. go ahead, go ahead. Cool. yeah yeah, yeah and Doctor Strange and Wong are trying to um fight Wanda because they found out that the, what what's the plan um to to protect her on some on some island of magicians or something, and I forget what the plan is. I mean, a lot of the plans don't really make sense. This is the usual get another MacGuffin thing. I, I think I think they get the Book of Vishanti, which is stop the Book of Evil, whatever the Book of Evil is called, the Darkhold. And then it was like uh, our MacGuffin will trump. And this is something else, is something else you do with, with the Marvel stuff all the time. Everything has escalating um, st- stakes with the bigger MacGuffin. So it's like, okay, Thanos was gonna wi- was gonna wipe out half the multiverse, but she did. He, he wiped out half the population in the mul- in the multiverse, which is you know crazy. 
But now, um, this this threat will destroy apparently the whole multiverse. Like apparently, the whole multiverse. Goes through... Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, how can you keep raising the stakes like this every single movie? What does it even mean when the whole universe or even multiverse is gonna die? Every single movie, it's like, it gets, it gets kind yeah, of. Yeah, I, I call that one. I call that one the Dragon Ball Z dilemma, right? Is when you. I mean, that's the rookie plot, right? You raise the table stakes so high that you 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 can no longer like get a, a sense or of scope. It's almost like um, I guess you haven't seen the Eternals either, but in the Eternals there was like this uh, you know this cataclysm that threatened all life on Earth, and it's like, all right, but like I don't know anything about like there's there's nothing about um, your stakes that you've raised. Uh, that makes me care about any of the characters in the film. You haven't really developed any strong relationships with anybody outside of the Eternals. So it's like, like uh, as a movie unto itself, why should I care? Yeah, yeah. So- and it's, it's the same thing with the multiverse. It's like you introduce a bunch of like sort of uh, like cameo characters, like uh, you know Black Bolt and <clears throat> and uh, Reed Richards and Professor X and so on. And it's like, well, why should I care about any of these people? You just introduce them to kill them. Yeah, I mean, it's transfer or. Like Yeah, it's it's really it's really ridiculous. The stakes keep going up. I just know how they can keep. I mean, the, in the Spider-Man thing, wasn't there some kind of danger where if they didn't get the people back home, I didn't watch it, but that the multiverse would destroy there too. It's like, yeah, the, the, every the every week someone's gonna, saving the multiverses were going to collapse. Yeah, yeah, every every week somebody's saving uh, not even one universe, every universe in existence. It's just it just gets stupid. Like, why don't you just stop a bank robbery or something? <laughs> like like or just somebody who wants to just do some kind of scheme. Like like regular villains can't even do anything anymore because everything has to be a universe ending ending threat. And oh god, imagine it, like the, the the new Daredevil. You know, once once Daredevil gets going in the MCU. It'd be like, like Hell's Kitchen becomes like the nexus of all universes. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, they might as well because if if you have Spider Man stopping plots like that now, you know, then Daredevil might as well. And something else too is that they have to keep creating these MacGuffins, right? So it's like, I didn't watch the Thor movie, but apparently they had a MacGuffin in that where, hey, here's something that will grant any wish you can think of. It's like, so wait a minute, if this exists, why didn't you use it against Thanos? Oh, the Thor, and yeah, now we're, suddenly... we're skipping ahead. Like you don't want to get to the Thor movie because that that was like. That was probably one of the worst excesses of Phase Four. That it probably is the worst one out of Phase Four so far. So my last question is like, what? Like after like Phase Four, like like Phase Five is coming up, right? Like after after this, right? Like what's like like what, what do you think is like the like the goal here? Like, like they like there's no Iron Man, there's no Captain America, right? All the main like no like heroes are like gone. Like there's no Spider Man. Well, he's well, he. Well, there's no Spider-Man. So, like, what's next? Is it, like, what, X-Men? Well, this is is the plan that I read. But first, I'm just going to finish the point that I was going to make, which was that uh, this movie has something called the Book of Vishanti, which, as I understand it, is another book that can do anything that nobody had any desire to look for when Thanos was there. So this thing had another um, MacGuffin that just could have ended everything. So the stakes escalate, but also so do these pull him out your ass, this can do anything solution that you've never used um, before. L- like in, but, but, but anyway, t- to your question, uh, from what I understand, they just wanted to meditate on trauma and introduce diversity. That was what um, an executive interviewed about phase four said that they want to use this time to 
um, introduce diversity and to do a meditation on trauma. So, and it's kind of true. Yeah. If you look at everything, everything's a meditation on trauma. The Spider-Man one was apparently a meditation on trauma. The WandaVision was a meditation on trauma. So was this one. The Thor one had, from what I heard, I didn't see that one had a lot of trauma meditation on it. So I guess, you know, they're doing what everything else is doing now, which is, uh, and also this idea that trauma excuses everything. You know, if you're, if you're traumatized, you're, you can be a pretty awful person as long as you say you're sorry at the end. Because I heard like they wanted to make like Captain Marvel, the next Iron Man. But then everyone hated the movie, and that didn't work out. So they had to like, like change, like shift, like gears and whatnot. And that's like, I mean, that was like, the, that was like the, the main goal. For, like, the next well, I mean, they, they've already, movie. they've already released the, um, they've already released the slate of like what the Phase Five and, and Six, I think, are going to look like. Right. So there's going to be two Avengers movies back to back. One of them is going to be Secret Wars. So I guess they're bringing Nick Fury back um, to do like a story about, I guess, like Skrull Civil War. Or something to that effect. So, I mean, it, it does have a parallel in the comic books. Like, there was a Secret Wars, or sorry, Secret Invasion um, storyline in the comic books. So, I, I guess, like, it is leading somewhere, but there isn't the same sort of, like, building towards, uh, like, a convergence of interest this, the way that there was with Avengers. Like, with the, with the Avengers films, um, when the Captain America film was released and the Thor film was released and so on, <clears throat> you know, these films we're obviously building up towards an Avengers feature film um, because they said so. So I'm not exactly sure how all of this is supposed to tie together, but if it's going to be like all new, all different Marvel, which is kind of what we're stuck with right now, if it's all new, all different Marvel, um, you know, doing like secret invasion, I, I don't know. I feel like I might even have to tap out for that one. Because the thing is, like, I will let, I will let, like, the old guard die and, like, just do X-Men movies for the next, like, 10 years. I mean, like, I want to see that, like, I mean, I like X-Men, so I, I kind of want to see, like, like, like how that would look. I mean, my, is my, is my thoughts. Like, let the old, let, like, let, like, all the old characters die. Like, it's over. And just, and you, and you should do X-Men, do, uh, two X-Men for, and that's it. And you have, like, and, and yeah, and just, just move on. That's my thoughts. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem with that is that I think people really want to see the Fantastic Four interact with. Um, I don't like that's the thing about yeah, that's the thing about like. Yeah, that's the thing about the MCU. Like, I don't like the crossover stuff. Like, I like I just give it. I, I like the whole like the own universe and just do it that way. And this movie, I mean, I like that aspect better than like all the crossover like team up. Like, that's just that's just nice. Yeah, but I think I think unfortunately you're the minority. I think a lot of people do like that stuff. Unfortunately, so I... that's the thing though. Like I don't remember as a kid and anyone actually liking that stuff that much. Like it was like I think it was cool. I, I, I have the Avengers, but like you like the characters. No, they wouldn't, like, do, it. I mean, they wouldn't like... do it if it didn't sell. Like I think the reason they do it so much is because people just like the idea of knowing that they're reading or watching something that's a cohesive universe that you know. Uh, the Human Torch might pop up in Spider-Man, whatever. I mean, the problem is they lean into it, like, way too much. Like, now that's all they do. They they don't even try to make a standalone. Like, before, it used to be, like, an event. Like, you knew that they were out there. What happened in one book affected another book. And that's what kind of gave Marvel an advantage over DC because DC was pure 
kind of standalone and Marvel had the feeling of an interconnected universe, but they would have standalone for like say six months. Then one thing might happen that reminded you, oh, this is part of a set of universe. Now it's like every month there's a uh, one event to another. It never ends. And the movies are especially bad with it. Everything is just seeding something else. So I don't think people like it. I don't know if people need it this much. Like it doesn't mean anything anymore if every movie has it, you know? Because, like, like, Daredevil, right? Right. Like, I think Daredevil makes sense in his own little world than it does in a giant, like, 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 multi like, like, Daredevil, like, as a solo, like, move, like, series makes more sense than, like, in a whole, like, group of people around him. Like, I mean, like, if you put Daredevil in, like, in, like, She-Hulk, I think he's a different character. And he probably sucks as a character in She-Hulk. Which is mine, like, that. Yeah. my mind. I mean, I think She-Hulk will suck no matter what you do, based on that first episode. But I'm saying, but, like, you change, like, you make characters worse. No, I, yeah. I get your point, but I just think the bigger problem is She-Hulk is has bad writing. Like, I think uh, with good writing, maybe Daredevil could work because they're both lawyers or something. But, I mean, She-Hulk, She-Hulk I don't think anything could work in She-Hulk based on that first episode. But that's 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 a that's a different uh, topic, you know. But uh, let me um, move on to um, Gambi Man. Thanks so much, Gio, for... for um, Hey, Gammy, how's it going? Hey, hey. Um, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you sound great. Hello? You sound clear. All right, cool. Huh? But I feel like I can't hear you sometimes. See, I, I don't know if I wrote it in the comments. Um, sometimes oh. I hear you go in and out for like five seconds. Oh, I don't know. Like most of the time, can, I can, can you hear most me of now? the time, most of the time, I can hear you. I can hear you now. Like most of the time, I can hear you talk, but there's like always like a period where it's just like for five seconds you can't hear you suddenly while you're talking. At least I can't. You know, I was okay. Maybe you know, um, yeah. I'm hitting a mute um, button or something. I don't know. But, but yeah, yeah. Let, let yeah, me know anybody I, I else if you hear the same thing. Okay. okay yeah. So maybe. Okay. I, I also think too that there's a kind of delay where I'm not hearing you guys in real time. Uh, where either I'm lagging or you're lagging, so maybe that's related to the um, break thing you're hearing. Yeah. Right. Okay, maybe but so. but yeah, yeah. Keep me posted if it keeps happening. Okay. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I did want to say um, you know um, about the the, the movie uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, I saw that um a few months ago now. Um, it was it was not so great to me, but you know I thought. I think I saw WandaVision like when it first came out and it definitely tries to tie to it, but I never, I never understood like, like you basically, my, my biggest issue is I just don't understand the characterization of the, of, of Wanda, you know, that character. And it's kind of odd how they, is she good? Is she bad? And, you know, I feel like she's just bad if we're being honest, but it's like, that's not what the show or the movies want you to intend. You know, I, I and you know, it's very weird to me that she's going around killing this many people and it's like being characterized as like a true tragedy. And it's, it's hard for me to buy that looking at what I saw in WandaVision, you know, and I, and I see people, you know, a lot of fans are 
saying like, you know, I, I saw one comment was like, name somebody that went through more stress and grief than her. And I was like, I don't know, the Joker in 2019 or something, you know, because it was just... It just is, I just have a hard well, time well, understanding. Well, 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 you don't have to jump to that because half the population lost their loved ones. So it's like you don't yeah. have to jump to another universe or anything. Just say the person next to her on the bus or anybody. Right. Lost, well, yeah. True. Yeah. Anybody lost somebody. Like, like, right. her, like her tragedy was literally the most common tragedy in her universe. <laughs> it's, it's Right, right. It makes but she. Sense. Yeah, she's but it's like, woman. you know, that's why that's why it's more more powerful. Oh, yeah, she's and pretty, and, and she's you know white woman, so, so it's a bigger deal what happens to her. So, yeah, well, and you notice like if you watch like the the movie, it's like I and I I thought this, I was like, I don't know if I'm the only one that notices this, but it's like anybody see that this this lady, you know, this white lady is kind of like her whole mission is to like drain the life out of this little brown girl to fulfill her fantasy of having her suburban picket life lifestyle you know and i'm like i don't know if i'm the one that that sees that but you know that's just how i felt about it looking at it i'm like but it's like it's supposed to be framed as like not that bad you know or not not the not the worst thing it's bad but not you know it's just tragic but it's like no this is pretty evil like yeah this is you know you just and the get out of jail free card is that the book is making her do it but again she knew the book was she was warned by an evil witch, that this book is gonna make you evil, and you're prophesied to end the world. And she knowingly, willingly chose to read the book. So even if this book is doing all this stuff to her, she walked into it, you know, uh, with full agency. So like, you know, f- fuck yeah, all that. And, I don't and, care. And, and popping into other people's, uh, the other universes, like another Wanda. She's taking her life livelihood her 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 agency from that wand i'm like that's pretty like ghoulish stuff like you taking over other people people's bodies you know they play with necromancy and, or you know and stuff like that in the, in the in the movie you know desecrating you know other people's by violating other people's bodies and stuff that seems to be a running thing in the, in the in the movie you know so you know i yeah pretty much you know watching the film i i just i didn't understand it i saw like i basically the reactions that people had about the character, you know, she was like the big, you know, topic of discussion, you know, the through line, you know, and I, I personally just didn't understand like what a lot of people were saying about the character, but I feel like that's kind of more of Marvel's continuity problem. When, I feel like they didn't, they didn't get, when yeah, I that. tried, when I tried to make sense out of WandaVision and this idea that she's supposed to be tragic and some kind of feminist. And like you said, who suffered more than her, even though it was like, you know, a tragedy like everybody suffered, which which made zero sense to me. You know, I, I said, let me try to watch some like the mainstream, like kind of shill, more access media type of sites. Cause let me see how they're saying it. So I watched this one called the take and it's kind of like this kind of normie feminist, um, you know, YouTube channel. And it was very interesting to just see this kind of bizarre inverted reality of hearing her, you know, cape for Wanda. Cause I, I said, I just want to hear an intelligent person defend Wanda. And this is what was interesting. They were saying like, yeah, so Wanda realized, you know, this wasn't her. She wasn't bad. You know, this wasn't what this kind of thing she'd do, even though she totally kept doing it once she, she was told she was doing it. Right. But, um, she was saying stuff. This is stuff that made her a good person, according to them, right? And I think it says a lot about white women, because uh, this is a white woman uh, giving this review. She's like, uh, 
she's subverting sitcom tropes that were patriarchal throughout the show. So, for example, uh, they start off they start off in separate beds, right? And she's yeah. doing all this dumb superficial feminism. So is that so, so uh, in the first sitcom episode, she's wearing a dress. She's a homemaker, but in the second one, she's wearing pants. She's the only one wearing pants. So okay, so she's torturing people, but she's uh, reliving. First off, she's like. He kind of cut out again. It might be me. Past, um, past progressions, you know, uh, not even actually creating the feminism, right. and that somehow is what the main heroic takeaway from her is that makes us that's ignore all, that she's. That, yeah, it's like I guess it's is Hillary Clintonism. It's like all right, cool. Well, that's wearing a pantsuit. Great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's wearing a pantsuit. <laughs> uh, in the early episodes, she is in separate beds, and then in one of the later episodes, she weighs her magic and puts the bed together. So, and this is one of the problems with, with WandaVision. Like, because it's made by media savvy Hollywood people, they make sitcoms and Hollywood like way too important, like in the real world, as if, as if they're like really yeah. groundbreaking. Like, like they buy into this fiction that. Media and fiction. Like nobody, is... nobody was watching the nobody was watching the honeymooners like getting some sort of like aspirational, uh, like getting getting like aspirational vibes off of it, right? Like nobody was actually really. I, I think I think with like the honeymooners and like uh, you know those kind of like black and white shows, I think in some ways they were like backhandedly talking about how backwards the average American sort of like suburban waspy family was. Yeah, totally. But but in general, they're not even that important to people's real problems. Like if you're in first world America and you're in like the Eisenhower era, then yeah, these things are major. But to them, people in the war torn war torn third world are looking to these sitcoms for inspiration and whatever. Remember her family in childhood? They showed a mother look right. outside the window. And right. there's a tank outside her window. I'm like, bitch, why are you not running? Like, like what the fuck? Yeah, they're in their like, homes and they're about to, they're getting, the dad comes home, they're getting ready to watch, you know, the, the sitcom. And I'm like, right now there's just bombs just <laughs> dropping over your, your neighborhood. And, and, and they didn't even have it like, say it was like World War II bombing where they're being bombed from like miles away. There's a tank in front of their house. In front of everything, right here. It. Yeah, and she shrugs and it's like, let's just watch a sitcom and they make it the sitcoms and hunt. Yeah, like, yeah. Nobody cares this much about your first world bullshit. Like, get over yourself. Yeah, like, she, like Wanda was so enthralled with what she saw on TV, you know, as a kid, it, it left that hard up an impression on her. Yeah, ex yeah, exactly. This is what was the most important thing. To, there were no <laughs> local national heroes writing or giving polemic speeches or whatever. They didn't have their own, you know, Mao or their own local... You know, no, it was it was American no. sitcom. Because cause you, cause to you in your sheltered life and your job and your usual Hollywood narcissism, you think sitcoms and Mary Tyler Moore is the most important... I mean, people are getting stoned to death in for being a woman in other countries, but to you, Mary Tyler Moore is the most important life-saving thing never happened to a woman you know it's, it's just and, and that's the kind of stuff that they were using as logic for why wanda was good like oh um yeah she moved the beds wow. closer and and helped get over and also lost uh, her accent because <clears throat> they did mention how like you know over the course of a few years she lost her accent right yeah 
So, yeah, so exactly. she, she stopped talking. She stopped talking like non-discriminate Eastern European, and just started talking like an American. And it's because of the sitcoms. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that and that's another thing that you know makes her in, inspiring. And you know, yeah, um, America was uptight about sex, so she moves the bed together, and it's like, okay, if I choose between <laughs> people having separate beds and being tortured to death. You know, I, I live in the separate beds. Like, how does that outweigh anything? But, yeah, I think it's, like, little dumb stuff like that because they have no scale of real people problems or anything beyond, like, their first world Hollywood bougie life that they just can't wait. And it happens in the, in the new She-Hulk, too, where, you know, the, the Jennifer Walters, the She-Hulk character, lectures... Uh, the Bruce Banner character over catcalling, and that guy has like been through like hell and back. And in their mind, like oh, wow. their shitty uh, first world. Pro- that look that yeah yeah that that show uh, the She Hulk show that looks like a show yeah but it looks like a show that's really meant for a very specific crowd looking at it. It, just, it looks like uh, something that a lot of people just, I don't know who would like relate to it, just looking at it. She's like supposed to, she's supposed to be like a lawyer, right? Like in like upper class, it, it looks like, you know. Yeah, she's a corporate lawyer. I saw that clip. Let's not I saw that clip. Just yet, because like She-Hulk is just jam-packed with the most like schizoid, like paranoia fantasies of like uh, like upper class heavily like uh, they should call her Karen like, uh, cl- <laughs> they should call her Karen class cognizant and like yeah yeah no like, like upper class like class cognizant and um like affluent afflicted white women it is like it is their show no, actually, yeah I, I, the big problem I, with I, it I is that, that I, it has no idea why people hate white women <laughs> it's so up its own like white woman ass even though it's actually written by an Asian woman um, at least, at least the showrunner is the first episode is by, by an Asian woman, but I mean, yeah, no wh- whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, a, a Karen of color. She's clearly a KOC. Um, well, the thing was, she... like, here's, here's what, uh, here's what really mm-hmm. kind of bothered me about that first episode is like, so it was by, um, uh, what's her name? Is it her last name is Gao? I forget her first name, but uh, she's Je- the Je- one that Jessica, wrote the Jessica Gao. Episode, the, Jessica Gao, yeah, yeah. She wrote the pickle, rep- she wrote the pickle Rick episode for Rick and Morty. Um, which to me was like, it was one of those, like, it was a great episode, but then it was also the episode where you could tell that the show was about to go in a direction you wouldn't like, but in itself, it actually was a pretty funny episode. So I was a bit shocked. Um, like there was, there was moments you could see Jessica Gal writing, shining through, even like at the, uh, the end credits where, um, Jessica Walter like leans back in her in her like tiki bar chair and screams Captain America foot and then the um and then the uh, the the show ends like abruptly before she can say Captain America fucks like that was uh I, I think that's like very much her um her her style but I don't know I got the impre- like I was just feeling that like Tatiana Maslany and the show writers were working against what might have been Disney's mandate because it's like there's elements of a really good show here. It's just that it can't, it it can't emerge. Yeah, I mean, I, I and I had known Tatiana Tatiana Maslany. I, I watched Orphan Black like was it like a decade ago? So I, oh, I yeah. know she. And the thing, I know the funny thing about Orphan Black, like Orphan Black was one of the most low budget, like yeah, just 
Yeah, it was like yeah. it was just like an absolute like nothing budget show. It was actually filmed not far from where I live. Um, it was filmed oh. mostly like in wow. yeah, it was filmed in Toronto and Woodbridge, right? So, oh wow, like the yeah 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 yeah, and it was like when they were going through the different neighborhoods, I was like, oh, I recognize that soccer field. Like, it was very it was incredibly local, and it was yeah. such a good show. And she did so much with it. She did really good. She, yeah, yeah, I know she can act. You know, I, I know she can act. She played like so many characters in that you know in that show. You know, so I, I know she can act. You know, I just. You know, I, I don't know. Like I said, not to get too far off script. I just, you know, I've seen, you know, some of the stuff with She-Hulk. And like I said, I don't know where a lot of it's going. I don't know what, what the point of it is. It just, it seems like a lot of this stuff is just meant at this point just to, you know, drive up conversations. I saw um there was a, a tweet that came out about She-Hulk. And it showed, like, you can see, like, uh its ratings, you know, from the audience. And, and you see it's so polarized. It's like one is giving it, like, you see the review bombing giving it, like, ones. But then you see at the top. You got like tens at the top. So it's like just it's just like it's like the polarization is like we're we're truly a divided nation. You know? well, well, that's the funny that thing about that, right? If you look but at I, I the break, like if you look at the feel... breakdown, they have a whole bunch of ones and a whole bunch of tens, but they only ever call the ones review bombing. Like like people before it came out, there were a flood of tens. And you don't see a single story about uh, the positive review bombing. So I always find that kind of uh, funny. But, you know, to bring up the well, thing I mean, about... It's the, it's, the same, it's the same creative team that, like, when people were pointing out how deeply into the Uncanny Valley that She-Hulk's face fell and that it just looked like, like, she looked like Fiona from Shrek. They were saying, "Oh well, of course, men would be talking about women's bodies like this." Yeah, exactly. It's like but, an actual woman's body. But the funny I mean, thing they're is, pumping out so much stuff. Look good. If everyone was saying it looked good, they wouldn't complain at all about men's talking about women's bodies. So just, just you know, be quiet. I hate, I hate. I mean, that. they're pumping out. They're pumping out so much stuff right now, man. It's just like you, I read. I read the article on the, you know the VFX situation. It's like, like what, like. They don't, you know, they're just pumping out whatever at this point, apparently. So, you know, but and, and, and the thing with Rick and Morty, right? Um, she wrote an episode of Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty has a kind of puerile tone that you know I think it's suited for, but I think these people don't have much range. So I think she's bringing a puerile tone to this, like with the yeah. Captain America version and stuff. But that's something that would happen in Rick and Morty and fit. I, but... I would say, like, I would say. I mean, the only thing that I didn't like about that episode that she wrote was like how um, it, it was kind of like the the Simpsons episode, uh, Homer's Enemy, where you had that character Grimes who was there to yeah. like mirror Homer and just show how much of a POS he was. And so like it was it was one of those like um, show writer looking into the camera moments because the uh, um, the, the Sanchez family when they're at the therapist's office and then Rick shows up, the therapist like tells him all about himself. I was like, uh, okay, all right, this is what this is all about. Was that, it was setting up Rick to finally be told what kind of person he is. And that's where I felt like the show was, the quality was about to define. But aside from that, it was a pretty funny episode. Yeah, it, it was a funny episode, but I think the pure roundness works in the tone of that show. Cause that show walks a fine line between being very high concept and Purell at the same time, he's always burping and stuff. And trying to transport that to this, I think, um, to, uh, to She-Hulk, uh, I think was a... Yeah, 
Yeah. She has this kind of this kind of feminist attitude about, you know, um men are always bad and uh trauma and the things that men put women through and whatever. But there was an act there was an aspect of that in the Pickle Brick episode, but it works because Rick is established as an asshole from the very first episode. So it kind of works. But I, I started to realize with um the She Hulk show this is actually right. So she tries to do the same thing with the Hulk, where, you know, the Hulk is getting lectured by the woman for being a sexist pig, the same way Rick was you know, getting lectured, but the Hulk is not a sexist pig. So it doesn't it doesn't really, really work. And I think there's this kind of thing where they kind of write the same thing over and over, but it works in, in the world they create, because you made a world where you established the guy as an asshole from the beginning. You established a puerile tone. So you can do that in your own playground but when you go into other people's ip and you still have the same um you know tropes that's that's and the reason i bring all that up is because this guy has zero writing credits really but his first writing credit again is a rick and morty episode i don't know why but phase four is getting people whose main credit is writing one <laughs> rick and morty rick and morty episode I, I don't know what the what the problem is why they think rick and morty writing one episode of that show qualifies you to be a major player in phase four. But this Michael Waldron guy, his credits are his first writing credit, one episode, Rick and Morty. He created this show called Heels with uh, the guy from Arrow, which I don't know anyone who watches. I don't know if it's good. Then his third big credit is this one, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Why? Why are you throwing us such a major movie at this guy and then his next big one is loki and then the next thing they're giving him is a huge star wars project he's gonna do mm -hmm. as down the pike but this is giving the show this is giving shows and movies to anybody in marvel phase four and now uh the, the hot dog vendor outside their office and we have a a phase four movie too soon. Yeah. So yeah, I'm like I said, I'm gonna get out of here, man. I don't want to take up too much more anymore. It's time. Um, I know it's been running long. Um, I do see that you do got a comment. Uh, to, I see uh Nick Nikki says that she that you're cutting out. Yeah, I'm still cutting out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't so know what else to do about, about it before, before I got out. But yeah, last I thing, did, yeah. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, but last thing to say, I don't know where this is going because I really don't understand how Doctor Strange two ended. Like. You know, I see uh, they they put um, uh, what's her name uh, in the sting the stinger at the end. I, I I don't even remember her name right now. Charlie Theron. Charlie Theron. So I don't yeah. So I don't I don't understand it. I really don't know where it's going. I guess they're gonna do something with Kane. So we'll see. But you know, yeah, I didn't like it. It's weird. <laughs> Y'all have a good one, man. Uh, thank you. It's always a it's always a pleasure. Um. Yeah, so I don't know what to do about this whole cutting out thing, but um, we have Colonel uh, Kovac Gaddafi, so maybe we'll close it out with you because we're having technical difficulties. Difficulties anyway. If I keep, if I keep cutting out. Uh, but before you say anything, Kovac Gaddafi. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can hear you, but before you say anything, I just, just want to read a couple more notes about the movie from that that I wrote down, and then and then you can speak. Uh, I didn't have that many notes because it was not great, but um, 
Actually, I should forget it. You can you can speak. Okay, two questions just about all this Question number one: Can we all agree to some degree that the reason why Wanda is so beloved is because, in terms of fiction, she is the only stand-in for the type of character that a certain type of liberal woman has in media hasn't had since um, what's her name from Game of Thrones, the one with the dragons.
But that's the thing. That's the thing. They're honest about it, at least about like them not doing it. The thing that's making it so uncomfortable is that, and I'm trying not to go too inside baseball, but it feels like when, when there's, there's a difference between the type of writers, that, the non-comic writers that Marvel gets and what DC gets. You know what I'm trying to say here? That they get people who didn't read the original properties but still know how to like make it sellable to a major audience. You know what I'm trying to say? Right. Well, I, well, I think I think Marvel. I'm trying to say that they're they're like they're coasting on fumes now. Like, yeah, yeah, because I think I think Marvel did used to get the kind of person you're talking about that may not have read the comic books but knew how to sell it to people. But I think he was right. Like they're, I think I think if anything they were better at that than DC in the beginning because that's why the, the the phase one to no three no was DC so was always better. At that. I'm sorry, I'm I'm standing by this. DC was always better at how to sell to the actual fans because Warner Brothers um, one thing I will always respect them for is that they know. That they own the IPs outright, so they know how to like sell to the people who've been with the IPs since the beginning. Wait, 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 wait. Are, are you saying they're better at selling it to the fans or selling it to the normal person? This is, I'm saying uh, Warner Brothers is better at doing both because Marvel. Here's the problem I've had with Marvel since the beginning. Marvel. Okay, this is where I'm going to sound oh, oh, like oh, wait, a, a wait, wait, hold on. But let, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. If they're better at doing both. Why is Marvel so much more successful with the average person and the fans? Same reason crack is, sells a lot. Don't make it good. DC fans, is, it's so weird. DC fans just make up things that aren't there. Like, if DC was so much better at this, they would have the billion dollar movie franchise. I don't know how but... many, I don't know how many times I gotta go to, like, listen, dude, I try to help you out, but like, there's only so much that I can do for DC fans, right? Y'all are on some a different type of time. Like, you really gotta want to... Okay, let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. I get it. Yeah. And the thing is, I don't really have a... Okay, I can explain. You... I don't... Okay, okay, go ahead. I can explain my stance. I can explain my stance. I understand that it makes more money, but this is how I always look at things. Just because something makes a lot of money does not make it actually good. It just means a lot of people are willing to buy it. It's kind of like but, with McDonald's. But, McDonald's but, is not but, the but, best, it's not about, the best but, hamburger, but it's like... Wait, 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 wait. But what you said wasn't what was good. You said DC is better at selling it to the normal person than Marvel. But selling and buying are the same thing. Like, like you didn't say, oh, DC is better at making a good thing. You said they're better at selling the property to the normal person so what people i'm sorry but let, me just, let me just let me clarify that they're okay, better okay let me okay. clarify let me not sound crazy dc is better at keeping its main audience marvel keeps trying to like reinvent who their target audience is too often for me to stay with them that's my main difference between DC and Marvel. Marvel. What is the new fifty-two? Wait, wait. What is the new fifty-two? They rebooted the whole universe just to get new people on board. They rebooted that thing like five different times. Like, I didn't say DC was perfect. I did not say it was perfect. Okay, look, look. I, I admit new fifty-two was a fuck up. We can all admit that. We all admit that it's a fuck up. Can we all agree? Nobility to DC that I just don't see. I feel like it's like Boston Red Sox fans. We just talk about the Yankees. They're just like, oh, you know, the Yankees yeah. are a big 
evil empire. I'm like, you're the number two biggest <laughs> baseball team. How are you not just as big? Yeah, and here's big? the reason why. This is I, I understand the analogy, but this is coming from a Tigers fan. Yes, Boston is the number two. But the number one is so goddamn reprehensible, you'd rather deal with the number two. Even if the number two does have you know what you're like, amazing. you know what you're like, you know what you're like. You like you're like the Boston Red Sox fan when like Image Comics is right there, bro. You know what I mean? Like there's there's, there's so much more out there. You don't have to go this hard in the game for DC. I would go for Image Comics if for not one simple thing. Image Comics is only really liked by the same people who thinks the last few Star Wars movies were good. So fuck them. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know anybody who likes Image Comics as a kid. Everyone I know either like gets with DC or gets the fuck out. You know the Every, funny, the you funny thing is, like, the everyone I know who likes Marvel legitimately voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016. That's all I'm doing. I, I, got, I, got, I, got into, I got into reading comic books. Jesus Christ, this guy. I got into reading comic books through Teen Titans, okay? Like, the first comic book that I ever had was my mom. My I mom learned to read like, using comics thanks to my mom. Yeah, no, my mom My mom used to go to, um, there's this, like, sort of, like, discount um, store called uh, Byway. And she would go buy, like, bins of comic books. And the only one that kind of stood out to me as interesting, like, there was all kind of stuff. There was, like, a bunch of, like, old, like, pulp mystery comics and, you know, like, some, like, some of, like, DC sort of, like, C-tier comic books. Um, but then, like, uh, uh, Teen Titans were, was always in that bin, and that's what got me interested in comics when I was, like, probably, like, four years old. So, I Okay, know, like, okay. He, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. What I'm trying to say is, what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say is I started off as a DC fan before I even got into Marvel. I didn't get into Marvel until, like, the late 80s, early 90s, um, during, like, the, the, Chris, the Chris Claremont run of X-Men. And... I, I don't know, man. Like as a as a person whose gateway into comic books was DC, I can't I can't follow you down this road, my man. Look, I learned to read literally using Batman comics, my mom's old one, so I'm incredibly biased. Like she literally from age three upward taught me how to read using Batman comics. So my I'm very, very, very biased. I will admit that up front. My whole simple problem with Marvel is this. It's too... It, okay, when it came time for everyone in terms of like IPs to pick a side in terms of the whole ideological split, I'm going to admit, DC didn't take the hard stance Marvel did. When Marvel did it, when it came to just the comics, not the MCU, not the DCU, this is where my my point of contention. What Marvel what began. ideological stance are you talk? What what ideological stance did Marvel ever take? What do you mean? Uh, you mean like when they would make shit like Mockingbird, all those cringy comics they made over the years that were like that were just for like people who didn't. Oh, read it. but yeah, that was, like, that was like that was that was late generation stuff. Like that's that's yeah, but that's what turned me on Marvel. By the time we got to the movies, when it got to the end of the movies, I couldn't fucking stand them because that was who they were playing to, and I knew that's who they were going to play to. And the main thing that made me but hold on, but what, is but the but is... what is the Mockingbird comic? I don't know what that is. Yeah. Oh, Mockingbird is when they basically bastardized uh, uh, Hawkeye's ex-wife, who was also a superhero. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, but like, but but DC is doing the same thing though. Like, uh, like Batman apparently is like bisexual now. I guess that's now canon. You know, um, never saw oh, that oh, one oh, coming. Oh. And... oh, and how about the Batgirl of when they made Batgirl a, a, a feminist hipster and she had like that 
awful Doc Martin's costume and yeah, shoot. yeah. But the fans eventually just gave up on that shit. That's the thing. DC will cut the line on like failed stuff faster than Marvel ever will. That's the one thing I know. <laughs> like, there's not, there's, there is nothing you can say to this man. This is amazing. Like, I don't think I've ever actually met a, like a fanboy in the wild like this. So, 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 so we gave I'm you an sorry, but I can't doing the same thing. This is two big, huge corporations owned by. Okay, okay, okay. Huge... I know I'm biased. I know I'm biased. Okay, I'm, I'm admitting I'm biased. You know why I'm biased? I admit, you're right. You're right. All the things you're pointing out are right. But this is why I hate Marvel so much and why I have an irrational hate for them. I no, 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 it's not that, it's not that. This is my reason Yes, see the same thing. This is where the line draws. The only type of people I see who are like, who are like willing to cope for Marvel versus people like me are, <clears throat> it's always white women like people, if you know what I mean. And it's always like black no. women like uh, <laughs> into my, my new shop space, okay? And you saying that I had like I was I was literally my face was flat against the wall. I couldn't even like stand up, okay? And my friend came to me and she's like, you okay? Like do you, do you need an asthma puffer? Like, bro, I, I had to mute myself. I'm 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 dying. I'm out I'm out of I'm at least admitting my bias here. I admit my reasoning is not the most sound. I admit that. I am just saying my reason for hating Marvel is because of like I, it's like, it's like the kind of, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, T, 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 have you noticed this? Like, everything, everything. I'm sorry, I can't hear. Salam, I really think that if more of our fans were like this, we would be in a much better position in terms of movies. I'm just saying. Like, uh, I, 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 I have no, I have no, sorry if I got cut off there. I was just trying to say, like, every time you try to say, okay, this is why I hate Marvel, you struggle to actually come up with a reason. Like, <laughs> you haven't, you haven't. Okay, fine, fine. You want to see, say, say, I'll say, I'll say, I will say, or at least a reason that's unique. To like Marvel, like for example, the whole thing about white women uh, loving Marvel, but they have Wonder Woman. Like white women fucking love Wonder Woman. Like, like how many resist Wonder Woman things? And I want to make clear, I'm not, I'm not caping for Marvel. Like, like I'm hating these movies, and I think they're just a soulless corporation. I just don't see DC as anything to a hill to die on in in opposition. They're both the same shit. The most, the most genocide. Okay, fine. I'll just say it. I will say the no, hold up, why hold I up, hate hold it. Up, hold up, hold up. The most genocide gatekeep girl boss movie, like in like any comic book release movie, was Wonder Woman Part Two, and this dude just acts like yeah. But most, yeah. Here's the thing: most DCU fans didn't like those movies, so that's the thing you gotta look out for. We don't fucking like those movies. Fuck those movies. 
I'm sorry, but I don't know any Marvel. I don't know any DC fans who like those movies. Marvel fans, yeah, I don't know movie. So, so, so basically, their bad movies are okay because the fans <laughs> don't like them. No, I'm saying I don't like it. Objectively, I'm not speaking. I'm saying I don't like it. I'm not saying objectively. I'm saying I don't like it. But objectively, I have not met anybody who's not also a huge Marvel fan who liked Wonder Woman. All the people who I know who are like DC only never liked them. Yeah, the ones you know, but the movie made money. And it was written by by Jeff Johns, who was like the DC. You can't say they got some weird outside guy to write that. He's like the DC guy. Uh, all right, fine, fine, fine. You want me to say it? Fine. We we you will break down all the arguments. Fine. I will say the irrational reason I don't like it. I don't like Marvel. Okay. Because the only black fans. I stop. Stop, stop. Just say you don't like Marvel because you don't like Marvel. It's okay. You don't have to elaborate. No, no. There's a reason why. There's a reason why. There's a reason why. I don't like Marvel. I don't like Marvel because the only Marvel, the only black Marvel fans I encounter online are just... <laughs> they're black and black. Just say it. They're black and black. They're black and black. They're black and I don't know if they're blabbing. I, I, I mean, that's the ones I keep encountering. I have not met a regular black person who likes Marvel stuff unironically. Let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. Like I am looking. You, you don't like. Let me get this straight. So you don't like. You don't like Marvel because Mar- Marvel's black fans are blabbing black fans. That's the sum up of it in a nutshell. Okay. I fucking okay. can't so, stand so, them. So, so when, so when, so when, 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 when Batwoman was canceled after season three, who did you see lamenting about it? Nobody. Everyone I knew was happy that she <laughs> you got canceled. Oh God. We were all you fucking lied. happy. Good. You lied the, the same black intersectional lady. You know, you have to remember, I'm in fucking Michigan. Like, I deal with it. I'm in a different breed of wait, comic fans. The same, the same blavity black comic writers that Marvel hires are the same with the DC hires. Vita Ayala, T. Franklin. Uh, Vita Ayala is like five books over at DC. T. Franklin uh, has Hardy Quinn and all these other books. They're yeah, hiring Hardy, the Hardy same blavity uh, black writers. Ivy. The same people. Bro. Yeah, and the funny, Poison and, Ivy and, book. And, 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 and you know, it's funny too. Yeah, but at least Marvel does Yeah, but at least wow, DC on, does not on. give them the same level of prominence. At least they I know what not. Hardy Quinn is a. Hardy Quinn is actually something you can like let go to the wayside a little bit. Come on, that's that's, you, that's a given. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Harley Quinn is the most consistent DCEU character besides Superman. That's one I'm saying you can let the Blazers have at least once because that'll just let them expose. And, their and, hands and, and, and the funny thing was, the funny thing was, I actually missed something. I, I said, I said, what well, Batwoman was canceled after season three, but don't forget the Batgirl movie got canceled, and everybody, everybody was rendering and rendering their garments for that. What are you? Talking yeah, oh yeah, about? yeah, they, they were going crazy. Freaking Joaquin Castro. Hold on, hold on. Have you seen? Have you seen Joaquin Castro? Have you seen Joaquin Castro in the Senate? Like, bring up no. how it's like a, no, a, a trap. Oh, my God. Oh my <laughs> yes. God. He oh brought up the back. Okay. I don't know. He must have been, must have been antitrust. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I had, I had to remove it because I'm going to die laughing. It's, it's too much. Uh, no offense, Colonel Cortico, because I love you, but... 
pretty sure he was going to say that uh, uh, the, the white supremacists. Uh, I don't know. I, I, that was too much. That was good though. Dude, I appreciate you calling in, but I thought the reason was gonna get crazier and crazier, and I just had to had to stop it, <laughs> stop it there. Uh, yeah, I I don't get it. Like, I want to be clear because I feel like people probably think we're some kind of Marvel stands. No, I'm not a Marvel stand. I just think they're both the same. It's the same people working at both companies, going back and forth, just. <laughs> farting in both rooms you know to, to me i i don't really see a difference yeah i don't know man <laughs> sorry no i i think uh, i think this is a, a good place to leave but we barely even got to talk about the strange and the multiverse of that this place it was uh, uh, it was so funny uh, anyway. uh, actually i want to read some quick some quick notes about dr strange and just just, anyway, just yeah. run off the, these notes okay um how dr strange says and you put things right. That was never in doubt. Like, like I said, that makes no sense. How is giving Thanos the time stone the same as her killing people to reunite with fake kids? You know, she goes. Anything you point out them doing something wrong, they try to make an equivalency. Well, a man did this, but this one made no sense. Doctor Strange gave the time stone to Thanos because, according to the movie, it was the only way to win. She's not doing this for any greater good. She just wants to kill people to reunite with fake kids. Like that line makes no sense to me about um, you break the rules and become a hero. Like what she's comparing makes no sense. Okay, this, um, okay can we can yeah. we just like mention one line real quick? <clears throat> Yeah, the, what if they, the what if they get sick line that one just kicked me right out of the movie yeah that was so stupid what if they, yes like you you hadn't built up anything in like the the narrative so far to have her even worried about like a child getting sick so like did she i don't know like in one of the multiverses see a child um get like a terminal illness and die or something like remember she she has the ability to to dreamwalk the other wanders so like was there anything that had her worried about the child like it just came so much out of nowhere and it's just like it was because they just needed a reason for her not to kill her right away yeah. so they just made it the stupidest like i got a feeling that was a note someone gave a note like why doesn't she um kill her um and just take the powers so the, yeah the, no, that was that was like that was that was first shot material yeah, exactly. So, so he just drew in. He just drew in that that line to address the note. Like, uh, well, I'll just throw this line about what if the kids get sick, and then I can leave the scene in. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, okay. Um, dumb girl power moments, right? Like um, the two women out of all the other Avengers lasting the longest, and I just like that Peggy Carter, who just has Captain America powers, somehow lasts longer than Black Bolt and Reed Richards. Yeah. Like. She's snapping them out of existence, right? The first two, but for the women, and, 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 then, she, and then she's fighting. She's fighting Peggy Carter. Why? Yeah, exactly. Just because you want to make the women fight last longer to have a girl power moment, so the men die first, and suddenly. Uh, Black Bolt just dies and just looking, and then Reed Richards dies. And the two women aren't even reacting. They're just like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> They're dead. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck and is that? Hold, hold, hold. But then on top of that, on top of that, like, 
So like I thought Captain Marvel was like, you know, like she was like a cosmically superpowered being. So like when she got like uh, a statue dropped on top of her, why did she, why did she die? And also, she could turn to like light. Like it makes no sense that she yeah. would die from that. You're you're right. It was the the weirdest death. It was so stupid. Uh, well, something else that was weird too, right? Like uh, they got Jim from the office to play Reed Richards, the smartest man on earth. And I was thinking it'd be a good twist if they revealed that he's the smartest man on earth, but the smartest, but the average IQ is fifty nine. So it's like in this in this particular universe, it's just an extra dumb universe because he was just like an extra dumb Jim from the office. He didn't play him any different. He was a depressed Jim from the office, lackluster, no energy, and just dopey. Like, this woman shows up with all these powers to warp reality, and then he announces to her the biggest threat. He goes, Black Bolt here can wipe you out with one word from his mouth. Why would you tell her the Why would you say that? Why would you say that? Yeah. If, if anything, the real Reed Richard, because Reed Richard used to be really cunning in battle. Uh, he would say something well, like, keep, "Keep in mind, keep in mind that like alternate universe Reed Richards is like the greatest supervillain in like the Marvel universe. Sort of like how like uh, the greatest supervillain in the DC universe or the DC multiverse is like um, Batman, who's been intoxicated by the Joker's poison. Yeah. So like all, all of that cunning and intelligence is used towards like homicidal mania." And then the same thing with uh, with Maker, like the the ultimate version of uh, Reed Richards, is also like the the most deadly supervillain in the entire Marvel multiverse. Yeah, if if he wants if he wants to uh, do some dirt, like he can really you know come up with some. Like, um, okay, if you want to know. Uh, where your kids are, Black Bolt will tell you. You know, like, like he would actually set it up for Black Bolt to talk. He wouldn't have said, "Hey, this guy has has mouth powers." You know, so she could. He he would actually like you know trick her and say, uh, "But he could only whisper to you or something." You know, something like that. So that was just really incredibly dumb. Like I, I can't believe this. This guy should not be writing anything. It, he's. He, I don't even want him to to write a shopping list. I don't trust him to do that. This guy is is awful. And any. Oh, last note I'm going to make. This is my last note. It goes back to WandaVision, but it relates to this. Do you realize Monica and Jimmy Woo are responsible for all the carnage that happens here? Because the end of WandaVision, the so-called happy ending, is supposedly the white guy in charge of stuff at S.W.O.R.D. in WandaVision was this evil, uh, terrible white man because he was um, against um, Wanda and thought that she was a bad person. And the minorities and the women were the good ones. They were fighting the evil white man where um, Monica, the black woman, Jimmy Woo, the Asian man, and Darcy, the white woman, were the ones who kind of saw that you know Wanda was the right was in the right and was a good person, right? And they let her go. And yeah. what happened? She destroys whole universes, kills scores of people, whatever. So this undermines the whole intersectional message of WandaVision. Like, Mon- but do you think in any future Marvel movies, we're going to have Monica and Jimmy Woo uh, learn or realize, like, basically they just let a whole bunch of genocide uh, happen with their letting Wanda go at the end of WandaVision, which made like zero sense. They just said, hey, Wanda, go, go along your way. And 
And, and there's nothing here but phase four. Well, Having this well, many well, writers. T, well, T, T, how does that saying hmm? go? How does that saying go? Is it not genocide? Keep girl boss? <laughs> if, if you're a girl boss, it's not genocide. <laughs> it was lean. In, it was lean in genocide. So it was. It was yeah. okay. It was Sheryl Sandberg's uh, genocide. And, and the last thing I say, that's a big problem with this phase four stuff. Too many different writers who aren't connecting with each other, so they're not even realizing the implications of what their work is doing to the other writers. Because the next writer is not going to care. I think they're all. Sorry, you, you cut out there. I didn't know what you were saying. Okay, no, I was saying that I think it's a big problem with the, this Marvel Phase 4 is there's too many writers and they don't actually keep track of what the other people are doing or they don't have yeah. any reason to care because they're not going to be around to deal with the consequences. No, you know, they're, they're, just, just doing... they're, they're, flooding, they're flooding the zone with content and just like with the sheer, like it wasn't like, uh, you know, 2000, like, you know, 10, 11, 12 when there was like, you know, one to two Marvel properties a year and they could pay attention, like pay close attention to what was happening in various writers rooms. Like now they're flooding the zone with so much content that like, you're just not supposed to notice any of this. And I think like, I don't know, like this, this like, uh, I don't know, um, this, this, like, this, this, this woke messaging, this whole like, oh, you know, like, it's just, uh, you know, misogynistic men who are review bombing these, like, it's not like, it's not holding anymore. Because again, like, if you look at that, uh, that IMD, the IMDB clip, um, where they showed Jessica Walters um, literally lecturing Bruce Banner on how to be a Hulk. And she says, like, yes, I, I have to maintain my, I have to hold in my anger. Like when men explain things to me that I already know as a professional, I'm just like, but you're explaining to do how to be a Hulk. So like, yeah, well, exactly. These who have no self-awareness, uh, they can't be consistent but, but the, within but their the own work. Like, but, that, but that's what they're, but that's what they're writing. They're writing for those moments where something can be like clipped and broadcast on social media. And that's pretty much like it's the lowest denominator of writing because all you're doing is just like looking. It's, it's almost like the, the script writing version of Clapter. You know what I mean? Yeah. How, how like in comedy, um, there's like people who will tell jokes to get laughter from the audience. And there's people who will tell jokes to get applause from the audience. And the people who are getting applause from the audience, like they're, they're, they're that's, that's called Clapter, right? And that, that, this is like the script writing version of Clapter in that they don't actually want writing to necessarily resonate with people on its own. They want it to be social media moments, which like make it iconic. Not that it's like iconic on its own. Like, uh, I don't know, like, um, like Daniel Plainview giving the final, I'll drink your milkshake speech in there will be blood. It's like, well, IMDB or like, you know, Netflix black voices retweeted this. So that's good enough. And I think, the writing in that scene that you talk about shows a basic lack of both self-awareness, but also the ability to put yourself in the mind of someone different from you, right? Like, she's not able to put herself in the mind of the male character for whatever reason, but she's also not even able to give the female character who represents herself self-awareness, and this is all within her own work. So okay. imagine this person having to continue someone else's work because because you're someone else's work you have to be able to have some kind of ability to put yourself into their mind and try to pick up their themes and these people are too self-absorbed i think to write in a, in a shared universe you know like they can't put the work before themselves like like each of them gets their shot and they want to 
uh, work out some high school grievance, you know, with some ex-boyfriend or some some workplace drama with, with the white male co-workers, you know, and it's just like, okay, this is, it's kind of what I said with the, with the Obi-Wan Kenobi thing where they took this grand family saga and turned it into like a intersectional workplace drama. And it's like, yeah, like you have to be able to think of things bigger than yourself. And these people just can't. Well, it, it's do basically it. like, like all, all, all this stuff is just like endless because they don't take it seriously since they're not like, they don't you know read comic books and they, they don't actually like Star Wars and so on. So since they don't have any attachment to the material, it's just endless self inserts. Yeah, but I think I think they do take it seriously in that themselves is the only thing they take seriously. So, no, I mean they they don't take like the original like canon seriously. Yes. they don't take the the fandom seriously. Like, they don't take any, anything seriously except, oh hey, I'm in charge of this really cool like you know uh, well known cultural thing now, so I'm just gonna do it my way. Yeah, and I'm gonna get to work in my personal issues using this platform in a way that would never get looked at enough. If I created my original thing, exactly. so yeah, it's it's. Yeah. Um, do you think that uh, that's probably? Do you think that uh, we should leave it off until next week? Until next week. Um, at some point, I want to do League of Their Own and She Hulk, and I want to see if we can get Brianna Joy Gray for the She Hulk thing because she's a, oh, uh, amazing. A, a, a lawyer woman. So I want to see if she'll if she'll like it, if she'll agree with with it. So yeah, yeah, that sh- that should be fun. Thanks everybody. Uh, make sure to sign up for. Um, follow everybody on the stage and follow all our shows and uh oh wait 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 uh Trevon, Trevon just came in uh, okay um you'll have to make this uh fast fast Trevon I don't usually like to like to rush you but I, you're a good caller so I want to make sure we got to see you I just saw you I don't know how long you've been there but feel free to unmute Guys, can you hear me uh yeah yeah we can hear you how you doing man I'm doing good. I'm doing good, guys. Um, I, I'm going to make this quick. I just wanted to know whether or not you guys are going to do a review of the movie Prey in in the future anytime soon. Yes, definitely on our list. Uh, Q's already seen it, and I'm going to see it uh, as well, because I definitely need to break up this Marvel stuff. So I want to do A League of Their Own, and I want to do uh, Prey. And I also want to see this movie. I don't know if it's any good, but it's like the new war movie called They Them. Uh, have you heard of this one, Q? It's basically like a queer version of Get Out, I guess. They're doing like queer queer horror now. It's called They Slash Them. So yeah, yeah, we're definitely gonna pepper yeah, the I, Marvel I heard of stuff. It and, uh, yeah, I haven't seen it. I just saw like. A... What? Sorry, oh wait, 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 wait. I think I think it's Trevon. Sorry, Trevon. Uh, I'll... Sorry, buddy. Yeah, I, I had to, I had to uh, force mute you, Trevon, because you were making some noise. Okay. Yeah, it sounded like you, like you threw tin, tin cans into the dryer. But, uh, yeah, I heard of um, I heard of they, them, and uh, I read a pretty scathing review of it. Uh, so I'm going to try and go into it with an open mind. But, yeah, we can talk about that one. As, as well because yeah I, I we are going to plug through phase four of marvel but we are going to um interweave other stuff into it and prey is definitely one of the things that i wanted to do as well because that one's interesting because i've heard 
polarizing things on it. Some people who like it, some people who don't. So I think it'll be interesting I mean, I, to see I, I, how it turns I mean, out. I think there was some, I think there was some goofy moments about it. Right, there was uh, you know a few like moments that I wasn't a big a big fan of. But overall, I liked it. I always think it's like one of my favorite Predator movies so far. I think I, I would rank it like Predator One, Predator Two, and then Prey. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so um, with that, we are going to um, end off. Thanks, everybody, again, and make sure to follow all of us and join us next week. Take care. See ya.